following podcast is a special presentation of Answers for Elders featuring Evergreen Washelli. And welcome back to the program, everyone. We are very lucky because Mr. Dan White is going to um, stay on. Um, you know, we've had this conversation just previously about 10 stages of grief. And, you know, losing a loved one is so overpowering. And so, Dan, thank you so much for staying here because I think this conversation is important. Okay. Thank you. Um, Dan, you know, everyone, like you said, processes grief differently. And, you know, then it's time to, you know, move on and, and with your life. And I know after, if you're a family caregiver, you're taking care of a loved one, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your aging parent, or even sadly taking care of a child um, that passes, you know, you're kind of left with, what do I do with the rest of your life? Somebody has consumed your your everyday thoughts for so much of the time. And then all of a sudden there's that finality and it's overpowering. Um, you know, one of the things that I remember is that, you know, when I was taking care of my mom, I had this great support network. I had her, you know, assisted living people staff. I had, you know, her doctor, I had all of her, you know, that her providers that she worked with that were also kind of there for me to support me. And when she passed away, that whole network went away. Right. Um, I was left kind of with having to pick up the pieces and not really knowing what to do with the rest of my life. So do you find that a lot with families? Find that a lot with families. In fact, uh, Recently, and now it's been probably six months, but we have a son who is, uh, he comes in just to stop in and visit us at the cemetery and, and visit mom, but he still is going through her belongings in her house. Yeah. Because there's just so much for him to go through. So he just continues and kind of gives us an update when he comes in and, and what's going on. But yeah, uh, there's a lot to do. Uh, you know, when I think about uh, the loss of a loved one or a spouse and uh, someone that we'd mentioned in the previous program being married for quite some time. Right. Well, when you have that widow or widower there, then they do have their children. A lot of them have children mm-hmm. that are trying to support them. Well, this is a, this was a story uh, about uh, a, a wife who lost her husband. Wow. And her kids were very concerned about her, but they were all saying, sell your house and move into an apartment. And this was immediate. So this was their way of thinking that was the best. Put it behind you, Mom. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Put it behind you and move on. Poor Mom. But she she actually luckily had a good friend who um, actually worked in a lawyer's uh, for an attorney. Good. And, and the advice that she gave her was, don't do anything right now. Right. Wait at least a year mm-hmm. and do that. And so she ended up taking that advice and staying and not really doing anything or making a decision of what she was going to do. So in the end, she ended up keeping her house because had she sold her house, she would not have had the place to live in an apartment would have been much more expensive Mm -hmm. than living in the house. And she was perfectly fine with living in the house with those memories and and, uh, living there throughout her life. So that just goes to say when you do lose somebody or when you stop, you don't have to rush. No. Just 
take your time. No. Give some really good thought to the decisions that you're making if they are good benefit for you. Uh, not necessarily your other other family members may not agree, but uh, it has to be your own decision. Well, and and most certainly, you know, the children sometimes are processing their grief entirely differently. Um, they're not, if they're grown up, they're not used to seeing dad every day. They're not used to, you know, the ongoing maybe process of, of you know, what they experience together as husband and wife. There's a totally different dynamic. And I have seen where adult children can be so insensitive to yes. um, the parents with that process. It's like, you know, mom, it's time to go to assisted living. You know, we're going to take care of you or something like yeah. that. And, and you know, you're absolutely right. It's the, nothing has to be done immediately. No. You know, no. maybe if mom needs help, maybe bring in a home care, um, wonderful home care Correct. agency to come in and help you. Yeah. Um, I also know I, when I when I think about this, it takes a while to go through somebody's stuff. I know I talk about in my book yeah. that it took me almost four years after my mother died to get through it all that I till I was able to get to her boxes. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad with my mom who had gone all the way through to skilled care. Right. Um, her whole life possessions uh, over time as we got rid of things and got rid of things. Yeah. I walked out of that nursing home where she was you know, skilled nursing facility where she was living at the time after she passed away. And it was five boxes of stuff. So, you know, and how long did it take me to go through five boxes? Yeah. You'd think that I would have been able to do that. It took me four years to open them up. Yeah. And that happens. It just, you, you know, you, overwhelming. you speak about that. And I, I look to my own father who is currently he's 86 and living in Phoenix and mm -hmm. lost his uh, wife, uh, almost two years ago, and uh, he lives down in Phoenix and will stay there. But mm -hmm. I have a total, there's a total of six siblings all, and uh, two of them did want to put him into an assisted living, ah. but he wanted to stay in his home. So what we have done, and thanks, he's a veteran, so the VA has been very helpful in supplying uh, some time for him as far as for showers and Wonderful. baths and to clean the house. Uh, but, you know, we have Meals on Wheels, too. So he has his independence. Mm -hmm. He can drive his golf cart and go to his own doctor's appointment. So Good. it's all about him. It's all about dad yeah. and living his yeah. life, not putting him somewhere that he gets no care or no one visits. So well, and it's, it's also good. about really um, understanding that everybody has their own process. Yes. And it, you know, everybody will work in a different way. I know for me, I need a little boost from my husband. And I was very grateful at the end after we went through it. And he was there with me. But, you know, he said, it's time. You know, we really need to get through this. And we need to, and, you know, he kind of pushed the envelope with me. But it was important that he did that. And I think that's, you know, if you're close enough to somebody that's dealing with this kind of a loss. Yeah. And you can have your significant other be that support and also sometimes help you get through to the next step. I know I was very grateful at the end when Keith had asked me to do that. So, Well, that's good. You're very lucky to have somebody who is supportive and to be able to do that yeah. because in a lot of families there is 
there is infighting that happens. And that's really not, that doesn't do the parent any good or no. it doesn't do your spouse any good if that's the, the, the person who happens to be in care. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you get, you bring up a family dynamics aspect. Um, families are unique. Every family's different. They have different cultures and different traditions. Um, you know, losing mom, though, when mm-hmm. mom is the matriarch of the family, yeah. can really upset the apple cart in families. I know that so many families I work with, um, mom may even not be have all of her faculties, but as yeah. long as mom's alive, everything kind of stays the same. Yeah. The minute mom passes away, the whole dynamic shifts. Um, there's resentfulness, there's, there's, um, situations that, you know, heirs are fighting amongst each other. Um, you know, people want different things to happen in the funeral or in the memorial service. Um, again, goes back to our previous discussion about about discussions about pre-planning. Um, you know, you're, you're really looking at, there's a lot of things that can happen in families that after someone passes away, it really can manifest itself in different ways, I'm sure. Yes, and it does. It does change the family dynamics uh, considerably mm-hmm. from those that I have seen or visited mm-hmm. a- again. So, so yes. if I'm a, um, a friend of a friend that's grieving, mm-hmm. um, obviously how can I help them um, in adjustment? Obviously in, in uh, you know, can I – is it good to invite people to new experiences? Is it, I mean, what, what would you suggest is, is a great way to be a good support network for somebody that's lost a loved one? Just to be there as an open ear mm-hmm. and be, a, be available. That's a huge yeah. thing. A lot of us are so busy about, you know, trying to take care of our, you know, our own lives that we forget about, you know, those little details of, you know, that sometimes just be available. You know, maybe it's, you know, I remember the movie Tuesdays with Maury, you know, yeah, is exactly. And, and, you know, maybe you take it <laughs> exactly. every Tuesday and afternoon, if you have yeah. a close loved one or yeah. that is going through it, and create a tradition. Maybe you go to lunch on Tuesdays, even if it's to go sit in the park and spend some time to just yeah. kind of be an ear. I think it's important to be that person that's okay to talk about that loved one for yeah. sure. Well, that's a, that's probably the best thing, Suzanne, is to do that, to be present and mm-hmm. to be there to listen because you know uh, there are lots of counselors mm-hmm. that are available out there there are grief counselors there are people who will do this professionally to sure. be able to help families deal with it well and i think too journaling blogging yeah. is so important yeah. i know i know um for me uh you know one of the ways in which i i helped get through my grief was writing mm. and telling my story and being able to just get it out sometimes is so valuable and it's also really acknowledging too that everybody has their own process it's also about forgiveness it's about yeah. doing a lot of work on you know forgiving other members of the family that may have reacted in not a positive way. Yeah. Um, and it forgiveness doesn't, does not forgive or, you know, make what happened. Okay. 
but it releases your attachment that and releases it from controlling your life. So allowing yourself that, uh, you know, that release of resentments to others, I think it is important to be able to move on. It is. It's very important. So Dan, how do we reach you? So you can reach me at 425-483-0555 at Abbey View Memorial Park. You can email me at dwhitewashelly.com or certainly find us on Facebook at Abbey View Memorial Park. Dan, it's always great having you on the program. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Suzanne. This has been a special presentation of Answers for Elders featuring Evergreen Washelly. For more information about Evergreen Washelly, their website is washelly.com. That's W-A-S-H-E-L-L-I dot com. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.